What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, everyone. I'm Gordon Bombay, the new hockey coach. All right, let's go! Let me, come on! We're Team USA, gathered from all across America. And we're gonna stick together. You know why? Because we are ducks, and ducks fly together. It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. Hey, number 44, you, 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 you play, you play, you don't play so good. I'm Mike, that's Tommy. Hello, everyone. That's Kevin. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Quiet Attack Podcast, the definitive Mighty Ducks Podcast. This is episode 199, but I'm calling it our episode 200 extravaganza because we have on the line Justin Wong, the man who played K- Kenny Wu. Justin, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, appreciate it. So... To to start off, I like to go way back, and I like to get sort of the journey of everyone we really talk to, because they're all sort of different. So just sort of take us back and take us through how you got into acting and how you became Kenny Wu in D2, The Mighty Duck. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a long time ago. But uh, I think when I was about, uh, I want to say, maybe six or seven years old my mom just got me into got got me into like modeling or something like that so i did like old sears catalogs and stuff like that just taking photos for that sort of stuff with like a bunch of other kids and then eventually like just did a bunch of commercials growing up and then uh and then throughout that she put me into like acting classes with um with uh this uh, with a lady who also had an agency, but I already had my own agent at a time, but it kind of came through the grapevine, through the acting class that uh, they were searching for actors for Mighty Ducks 2 uh, in Vancouver. And I was about, I think, 12 years old. So then, of course, my mom calls the agent that I had. And then next thing you know, I'm sending a tape down to LA and then getting called for uh, like what I've never even heard of before because in Vancouver, I was just like going in for commercial auditions, a couple like uh, Canadian television shows like that. And then they, they had something called a screen test. And I'm like, what's this screen test? And they send me down, they find me down. I met all the old ducks and we do a scene with, uh, with the whole cast. And there's kind of like a small set built for it and everything. And then it's kind of weird because like every other new duck, because like there's this, I guess, I can't remember, four, four new ducks and D2, and then everybody else had other people auditioning for their part, but oddly, I didn't, there was nobody else there for Kenny Wu. So I was like, okay, well, that sounds good, and that seems cool, I'd go home, and then, I don't know how much longer later, but I get the call from my agent, she's like, you got the part? And then, like, I don't even know if I properly hung up the phone, but I just started jumping around the house and dancing and cheering. So that's how, pretty much how I became Kenny Wu. Awesome, awesome. You mentioned commercials. Any sort of iconic commercials we can look up on YouTube and see a young Justin Wong in? I don't know if they would be on YouTube. I don't even think anybody would have the ability to put those things on YouTube <laughs> unless they found some old VCR tapes and managed to upload them. But I do know that I once, it was like the craziest thing, like because most commercials, they pay you something like $1,000 maybe a buyout and then all of a sudden I get this blockbuster video remember blockbuster video mm-hmm. and it was for the Super Bowl I think no it was uh some sort of bowl I don't know much about football but it wasn't the Super Bowl otherwise probably would have got paid way more 
and would have been more interesting, but it was for, because I, I believe the NFL has certain other bowls during the year, I guess, but it was for that, and that spot, like, gave a huge amount of money for one, so I don't know, maybe that might be out there somewhere, since it has something to do with the NFL, okay. but yeah, it was for Blockbuster Video. <laughs> what were you doing in this commercial? I think I just did a high five. It was literally like two <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Uh, fun fact, I actually worked at Blockbuster in college. Uh, oh, yeah? Easiest job you might ever have. So uh, <laughs> if there's any Blockbusters still out there, go work for one. I think there's one. Yeah, I highly doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All comes full circle here. Yeah. And, and, and so, Kenny, uh, whenever I first you know, watch the <laughs> movies, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to call you Kenny the entire time. In, yeah, that's all good. Or, sorry, Mr. Wu. Um <laughs> And, and so, uh, when I first saw the movies, I thought, um, you know, Ken Wu is the best skater in the team. And so I figured, oh, the actor must be a really good skater too. And something we've kind of learned from the guests we've had on here is that no one knew how to skate really. Like they all lied about their ability, particularly for the first one. So did you know how to skate, uh, beforehand? And, uh, I guess what was, uh, how, when did you kind of figure out that the character you're going to be playing is like an Olympic level figure skater? Um, yeah, well, first I, I did find out just recently that everybody lied about their ability to play hockey yeah. and it actually delayed the shooting of the first movie, I think by a couple of months, cause they all showed up and all the producers and directors and writers thought that they could play, but then they found out that absolutely nobody could play. So they actually delayed filming from what I was told and put them through like two months of training camp. Um, but I think I knew right from the beginning when I received a script for to send down a tape down to LA for the audition that Kenny Wu was an American Korean figure skater. Uh, and I, I started playing hockey myself at the age of 10. So I think by the time I started auditioning, I think I was 12 for, when I auditioned for the movie, I was 12. So yeah, I I'd, I'd played hockey for some time already. So when I showed up, I, I was pretty much, I mean, the the old ducks were still fairly sturdy on their skates, like not that great. They didn't play after they finished filming the first movie, but like when it came to the new ducks, they were all just pretty much sprawled on the ice trying to just get to the feet. Meanwhile, I'm skating circles around everybody. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun in that regard. Nice, nice. So were you familiar with the Mighty Ducks, the first Mighty Ducks movie at all? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, in Canada, like for my age at that time, which I should have been like about ten or so, it, like it it was huge up here. Okay, so yeah, I mean, yeah. What what was the what was the feeling like? Did you feel like a lot of pressure when you know it's like Mighty Ducks two and it's already become this big thing? Um, I don't think so. I think I was too young to understand that sort of pressure. I just just kind of just went through it and enjoyed it all and didn't even really understand really what it meant and how it would change my life. I just knew that I get to meet a whole bunch of, of the old Mighty Ducks and Amelia Lesbos. And that was just kind of all I looked forward to. So like when it came to think about how the impact that it would have on the fans and, um, and the whole franchise itself at, I didn't even think about any of that stuff. And so when you, you know, I guess when you meet all these uh, 
you know, all, all these actors that, that you would kind of like said, oh, I, I can't wait to meet this person. Was there anyone that you immediately took a liking to? It was like, oh, this guy's awesome. Or is there anyone who was just like, oh, well, that guy's a dick. Like, don't meet your heroes. <laughs> no, nobody was a dick. Like, uh, basically, I think I was pretty wide eyed. And also, I'm, I'm generally a shy person. So when I see like Josh Jackson walk by, I'm like, oh, that's, that's Charlie Conway. And then I see Fulton walk by and it's like yeah that's him and then yeah they're all really nice guys and really welcoming and they welcomed all the new ducks uh right away but i think when i first got there i found myself hanging out with i want to like i think matt doherty so averman mm-hmm. and uh sean weiss goldberg quite a bit and uh and also found myself kind of hanging around with ty uh the cowboy uh and and Mike Vitar a bit. So that was kind of the clique, kind of the group I hung out with. But, like, you know, like, we didn't stay in those cliques. We all kind of hung out with each other at all times. And um, I guess it's because it's mostly because Matt and Sean and Ty, they weren't from L.A. And most of the filming for D2 was in L.A. So other actors lived in L.A. So they didn't stay in apartment complex that they put us up in so everybody that was from out of town like adam banks Vinny, uh and julie we all kind of got to know each other really well because we lived all in the same apartment complex and you know hung out at the pool and played uh in the in the in the rec center and stuff like that at the apartment building so that kind of got us together with those people a little bit more and then and then got to know everybody else on set a bit better as well was was there or is there a specific moment or anything that happened on set that you can recall when it kind of when it kind of sank in and you 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 felt like you were you know that you were a duck that you kind of finally fit in or anything like that? Hmm. I don't know. Like, I don't remember that much of the actual filming, but it might, like my guess it is that it would have been the first day of shooting and just kind of realizing, hey this is the real deal. I am now on film and this will be somehow turned <laughs> into a movie. Uh, and I don't even remember what that first scene would have been even like, it was just, yeah, it was just all so surreal and I wish I could remember more of it, but I think, yeah, it was probably most likely the first day. It's like, yeah, this is, this is happening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's fair. It's, it was only 25 years ago. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, gotta exactly. remember some of this stuff. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you mentioned Averman hanging out with Matt Doherty and Sean Weiss, Averman and Goldberg, and we've had them on the pod, and they mentioned that um, they got in a little bit of trouble on set at times uh, just running around and doing stuff. Um, did you uh, partake in any pranks or anything like that uh, behind the scenes while you were waiting to shoot? And- um, I, I think my my involvement in most of that stuff would be like following the leader. And I don't remember too many pranks. I remember there was like, there's a little game that we play with like, uh, cause there's always, um, what do you call clothespins? Just like a lot of the, a lot of the crew use them to just like keep notes on and stuff like that. And we would generally go around and like clip little notes on the back of people, you know, just saying like, you know, I'm stupid and stuff like that. And <laughs> just cause it's so easy to just tag onto people's shirts without people noticing. So I think I remember that as one of the things being a prank. Um, 
in regards to pranks with each other, I'm trying to remember if we did anything crazy. I want to feel, I feel like, yeah, unfortunately my memory, I don't remember anything. Like, do you remember any of the stories that Matt and Sean told me? No, I remember Matt was just saying that there was a, a duck wrangler. I think her name was Erica something. Yeah. That like He basically said that she earned whatever measly salary they were giving her because they were a problem on the set. Yeah. Yeah, like she was eventually called the duck wrangler, but she was a production assistant. And uh, she pretty much, like she was the person that... Um, the assistant director would call us, okay, we need uh, Matt and whoever else for this scene. And then she would come find us in, in our dressing rooms or in the locker room or whatever and, and drag us out there and start working. But, um, but yeah, in regards to pranks, like I don't remember any huge pranks or anything like that, but, but yeah, just little fun games here and there. Yeah. So you mentioned you're from Canada, Vancouver, you live in Vancouver. Uh, I mean, just how did you feel being, an Asian American Team USA player in the movie. <laughs> it was interesting. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think, I mean, I think there was one scene that I think uh, was cut out of the movie. I think we were, uh, there was a few of the ducks yelling from like the, uh, some sort of dorm room scene and we're yelling out. And of course the writer gave me, the line, "Hey Canada, you suck!" <laughs> like that, yelling out to the Canada team. Well, that 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 got cut out of the movie, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, like I, I didn't care. I was like, the Team USA jerseys that they had were actually pretty awesome, and I thought for some reason that I took one home. But unfortunately, my mom told me the other day that I don't uh, have it. But it would have been a great kind of a kind of a memorabilia type item to have. Um, but yeah, I had, I had no qualms of playing for team USA for that moment in time. <laughs> nice. Nice. And I presume that Ken Wu represented the USA in the Olympics, the, just in the backstory as well. So a long, rich yeah. history for you in the team USA. So thank <laughs> yeah. you uh, for that. Uh, <laughs> now, obviously Ken Wu was a figure skater. Uh, did you know any figure skating? It was, it, was that you doing like the triple axel? absolutely not <laughs> in fact um i think the scene where they introduced the new ducks um like up like up until then like i was just on hockey skates on that time but my character for that scene actually showed up wearing figure skates <laughs> and they i put them on i'm like okay and i don't know if, if you skate yourself but the biggest difference about hockey skating figure skating is hockey is you get low you lean forward mm-hmm. figure skating you're very upright and proper and the reason why you're upright and proper or i don't know if that's the reason why but if you're not upright and proper in figure skating those toe picks on the edge you'll eat shit like you will <laughs> fall like you, your toes will go straight into the ice and you will just go head over heels so i kind of did that once it wasn't a terrible bail but i figured out right away that i I took off the skates. I went to the trainers. I'm like, you gotta shave these things off. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't skate with these unless you want smashed teeth for Kenny Wu for the rest of the movie. You know. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, so I mean, it was just all a stunt devil. That's like, kind of disappointing, I guess, for me. And just trying to <laughs> yeah. live through the moment. But uh, 
I mean, the other big thing Kenny Wu is known for is being the third Bash brother and fighting. Um, did you pick up any like tips in terms of getting in hockey fights and scraps uh, like that? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. Like generally, like playing minor hockey up in Canada, like you generally don't get into fights. If you do, it's broken up pretty much right away, and it's like a serious suspension. It's not like the NHL where you get in a fight and you can sit in the box for five minutes. It's like you, you get in serious trouble if you fight as a minor hockey player mm-hmm. uh, in Canada. So, yeah, it's, it like the movie stuff was pretty much, yeah, it was just for fun. <laughs> um, if if you played it all after filming the movie, um, did you find that you had like a target on your back? Um, I always wondered that. Like, I don't, I think, well, because I lived at, when I was a teenager i lived in a suburb of vancouver called richmond it's just like a cross bridge and i think because i knew so many friends within like i knew so many like a bunch of friends in richmond and we i played for a team called seafair minor and then i also had friends that played for richmond minor so like the other richmond team would know who i was and they're like oh yeah that's getting me but yeah no target per se but uh uh but you could hear the whispers like, Oh, that's the Kenny Wu guy. <laughs> <laughs> did did you have any other Bash brothers on that team? <laughs> no. <laughs> well we I um, I mean played it with a couple of bruisers and stuff like that, especially when uh I think it's when you're fourteen you get into uh Bantam and that's when they allow contact. And so like some of the bigger guys definitely would start throwing their weight around. Um but that's kind of like when I started getting out of hockey because I kind of still stayed a little small while a lot of dudes got bigger and throwing their weight around. And like I was maybe like 115 where there's some like kids out there that are like 115 going after you because they, they just said, okay, you're allowed to hit now. <laughs> so they're like, okay. <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of crazy when all of a sudden that's introduced to a bunch of kids for hockey. It's like just imagine a bunch of like mid-teen testosterone-filled boys getting told that they're allowed to be violent all of a sudden. And they, they, they start headhunting, even though the rule is like you don't you can't hit anybody without the puck, but it, it gets a little rough out there. And then emotional, of course, when you get hit and then get into little scrums, but no 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 gloves come off. I mean, like in minor hockey, you got to wear a cage anyway. So if yeah. you're punching bare fists, you're punching cage, you're going to hurt yourself more than you hurt the <laughs> other guy. Yeah. But... um but yeah, I played with a couple guys that like to throw their weight around, and it was fun to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nice. So uh, back to the Mighty Ducks here. Now, one of the probably most famous calls in the trilogy, woo, 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 Kenny, woo. Uh, just <laughs> what do you make of that and, and sort of how it's become sort of uh, just a line that everybody quotes at all times? You know, I never realized how iconic that line was until we did the silver anniversary in Anaheim this year. Mm-hmm. Um, because pretty much we went to a, a film showing of the first ducks movie and we sat there and watched and there was a questionnaire other after. And then one person just raised up their hand and just said, I just want to say, woo, 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 Kenny woo. And they didn't <laughs> even ask me a question. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. But but yeah, like I think, like even as my friends growing growing up and stuff like that, they would mention it a couple times, 
and then I would hear it every so often, but it, it didn't really like all the famous kind of quotable lines throughout all the, the the trilogy didn't really hit me until this year when we went for that anniversary in Anaheim that so many people just knew these lines and would just yell them out for no reason other than the fact that they love me. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you look a lot different now than when you were 12 years old, obviously. But the, So you didn't get that just, uh, you know, walking down the street, that kind of stuff? No, not anymore. Nobody, nobody will know. And I keep it, a, I keep it pretty – I don't talk about it. So uh-huh. the work that I do now, um, nobody usually finds out until one of my coworkers that know mention it to them. And then even then, when everybody knows, nobody really talks about it either. I think it's because I don't talk about it, so they don't talk about it. So it's just kind of nobody recognizes me on the street. Um, so, yeah, I live a pretty private, pretty nice, relaxed, private lifestyle because of it. <laughs> uh, Justin, what kind of work are you in now? I'm an audio engineer, actually. I do uh, mostly concerts, uh, some corporates that sort of thing and then I, I ran a studio for a few years with my girlfriend and we still have some studio clients that we take to other studios because owning and operating our own studio just became a little uh overwhelming budget wise but yeah i'm an audio te- technician that's awesome that's awesome yeah so uh, you guys might know a little about doing podcasts and stuff yeah, I mean, we're like when you listen to this, you'll you'll realize very quickly <laughs> that we don't know much about audio. Yeah. It's just a lot of googling I mean, you, and figuring stuff out by myself, pretty what, much. <laughs> what are you using to record? Just like a like a Garage Band or something, or do you, you have like Pro Tools or Logic or something? Like no, that? we don't have it. We have this free thing called Crystal, uh, and then okay. three, <laughs> and then three USB mics. That's not a good sign when you just break out laughing. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, we're like very podcast, low rent yeah, here. Podcasts, that's all we need is to be making something just to record one track and then just do some, I don't know, do you guys edit it or do you just run this straight through? There's there's minor editing that goes on, but yeah. you probably should edit more, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of shoestring budgets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, maybe yeah. yeah, maybe I can get some tips from you. That's a great great point <laughs> from you. Most of my tips probably involve spending money. <laughs> mm. Oh, okay. Well, we're making a little bit of money. We got a little ad money rolling in now, so yeah, we'll uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it off air. So, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> let's uh, let's get back here. So, obviously, you do D two, and it's a big success and that kind of stuff. Was there any sort of inkling that you would be back for a third one? Um, the only, the only kind of thing that I would think of is that I don't know if they do this with most uh, uh, film studios, but when I signed for D two, you sign option contracts. So that means, actually, I'm not exactly too sure what it means, but it basically means that they could sign me for two more movies at that time. So. Um, when I sign the first D- for D2, that means if there's D3, they they could just say you're in. And um, and then if they do any other Disney movies that they would want an Asian actor, they 
be calling me and then I would already have a contract with a whole bunch of stipulations that I knew know nothing really about that that I would pretty much already be signed to work with basically. So I guess that was kind of a, a hint that they might complete the movies into a trilogy, but until I got the call for the third one, that was kind of the only kind of inkling that I knew that there would be a third one. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what, I mean, just what was sort of the reaction when I assume they call you and say, we're bringing you back and we're making a whole nother Mighty Ducks movie. Yeah. I was ecstatic. Cause like, especially after doing D2, I was like, okay, well now I get to uh, not do nearly as much school. <laughs> uh, I, get to go and hang out with uh, all the Mighty Ducks guys again and stuff like that. We're all a little bit older. We all um, are into different things. We get to kind of have like a work reunion, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, but yeah, I was really excited. And uh, and I think I was in grade eight at the time. So like I left grade eight a bit early and then got to tell all my friends back home. I was like, see you later. I'm off to do another movie. But uh but yeah, I was I was glad, and then I kind of I was a little bit older, so I kind of knew like okay, well, I'm getting a little bit more money here and get to save up for college and that sort of stuff. So I was a little happy about that, especially my parents. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but yeah, that I was yeah definitely excited. Had had you stayed in touch with any of the other ducks during that time, Shan? Um, no, not really. Basically, being up here in Vancouver and pretty much, I mean, like I tried acting for maybe like I think I was 14 in D3 so then I tried acting maybe until I was about 16 or 17 but um, I personally myself I don't think of myself as a great actor so and I didn't, didn't really practice my art I was just like told to go to an audition and show up and just read some lines and I, I never really treated it as a profession so then I just never really got any better so I just kind of got it out of acting. So I never wasn't really in the scene up here in Vancouver and not getting any parts that would lead me down to LA. So yeah, I didn't really talk to anybody up until uh, like just randomly I went to, my parents took me to Malaysia when I was 18 and then we stopped off in LA for a couple of days. And then I just somehow managed to get a hold of Sean and Keenan, uh, Russ Tyler. And, uh, hung out with them for a few hours each and then until then didn't see them until the 25th anniversary not of the Anaheim Ducks but of the first movie which was a couple years ago mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but between then just uh, yeah no contact at, at all wow so you mentioned something you know Mighty Ducks helped you save for like did Mighty Ducks put you through college yeah I would say so pretty much nice i mean i think my parents like because like i knew i was 12 years old my parents used my money and put it into um some sort of like uh savings or something like that so that when i'm turning 18 i could use college and then i went overseas to liverpool and that's where i took my audio engineering degree so it pretty much paid for that and i don't have a student loan so it's pretty sweet that is pretty sweet yeah i like how you milked it and went overseas that was a great call yeah. Um, oddly enough, because I had a girlfriend in Canada, I was like, no, I don't want to leave. But then 
my mom's like, you, you got to go. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go. She wasn't a big fan <laughs> of the girlfriend? Uh, possibly, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I mean, you mentioned you acted till you were 17, maybe 18, and then you got out of the game. Just, I mean, when did you realize that you just didn't want to act and that you wanted to do something else? Um, I think it's probably when I think it was probably when I was 18, like I started playing guitar and stuff. Not very well. I wrote some shitty songs and stuff like that and <laughs> found like a four track machine, started recording my own music just for fun. And then that's kind of what led me into audio engineering school. So I took like one year out here before I transferred over to Liverpool and then I think that's just kind of when I was like, this is what I want to do. And then that's kind of when I met musicians that were a hundred times better than me. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll record the musicians more than trying to be the musician being recorded. <laughs> so yeah, that's when I kind of found my true calling and I've been doing that ever since. Wow. So, I mean, just how do you look back on, I guess, the relatively short stint compared to some of the other people we talked to on your acting career? Uh, how do you look back on your performances there in D2 and D3? On my performances? I, sometimes I cringe. <laughs> <laughs> um, just, I, don't, I, I guess for most people seeing themselves like on television, they're like, oh my God, like, is that what I sound like? Is that what I look like? And like I said, I don't think myself as, you know, a great actor, like Kenny Wu at 12 years old, it was just this cute Asian kid that could say anything and everybody would love him. Uh, 14 in D3, maybe the cute Asian kid's like a more of an awkward teenager, not as <laughs> teenager and not as lovable. And then, but yeah, but looking back, I'm very proud of what I've done when it traded for the world. And uh, because of it, I've had so many great experiences. Like I've met I got to shake hands with like Wayne Gretzky and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Luke Robotai and just recently like got to meet a whole bunch of Anaheim Ducks and that Silver Week was perfect for me because they're playing the Vancouver Canucks so I got <laughs> to meet like like all the current Canucks and then very recently they invited me out to the NHL Awards. Um, it was planned to do some sort of presentation with uh, Keenan because he was hosting. But um, turns out everybody's schedule was booked um, that I just went down by myself. And since I was down by myself, they're just like, you know what? Um, Keenan doesn't really have time to write a whole skit. It's just, <laughs> why don't you just come down and just have some fun? And then I got to meet, like, I don't know if you know much about the Vancouver Canucks, but yeah. we have this new all-star kid, Pedersen. Yeah. Well, so I, I got Pedersen. to meet him and talk to him for a few seconds and then, as I said, I'm a little shy, so I just kind of gawked at like Joe Thornton and Burns and all those <laughs> great players down there and stuff like that. So, yeah, like just because I don't know if you want to go way back, my mom putting me in modeling when I was six. I've got to do so many things in my life that a lot of people probably rarely get the chance to. Yeah. Do you ever miss that, it? And, um, no, I don't think so. I think I'm very happy leaving. Uh, a private life for one part. I'm not saying that if I did. Well, you're about to blow up now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a very influential podcast. Um, quick, yeah. quick question. But yeah, I don't miss it at all. When you, so you're at these NHL awards and you get to, you know, talk to some players. 
how did you like introduce yourself? Did you say, oh, I'm an actor or like, oh, I'm, I'm a big, f- I'm from Vancouver. I'm a big fan. You know, just wanted to say hello. Thank you. Or like we say, oh, I, I played Kenny Wu, you know, bow down to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, the, well, the only person that I actually got to have like a conversation with uh, was Pedersen. And it's because it's because the Canucks were at the Anaheim Silver Week that I met their media relations uh, uh, person. Uh, and I met him there and he wrote an article about all of us kind of all the ducks kind of meeting the Canucks and that sort of thing. And, um, the article is actually pretty interesting because at the end, like I did t- tell, uh, his name is Derek Jory. And I told him, it's like, Hey, you know, the reason why Kenny Wu is number 16 is because of Trevor Linden, who was the captain of the Canucks, like in the nineties era. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of wrote a blurb about that. So then I saw him at the NHL Awards. He was kind of escorting TV around. And I'm like, hey, Derek, how's it going? And so then he introduced me to Petey, told me who I was. And, of course, Pedersen had – he was like, yeah, I, I think I watched D2 back in the day, but don't know much about it because he's like, you know, 20-somewhat years <laughs> younger than the movie – or younger than me. And then, I don't know, 25 years younger than the movie. Yeah. The movie's older than him, basically – he was born <laughs> after the movie, so he didn't really watch it. But then the only other hockey player that actually ended up shaking hands was, was uh, Crosby. And all I said is, hey, Crosby, I just want to shake your hand. And I didn't even tell him who I was. He was just probably like, who's this guy? What's he doing here? Because <laughs> I don't think any of the NHL players knew who I was, even though like people the age of Joe Thornton and them probably would have watched those movies. But uh, I was just too shy to approach them. They were probably too starstruck after seeing you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, there's there's talks about like a, a D4, or a TV series. Uh, I mean, would I feel like we need you at least as a cameo. Uh, would you be open to something like that? Uh, yeah, if, if the producer gives me a call and feels like they need a, 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 the return of Kenny Roo for a cameo, I would definitely not turn it down. Nice. All right, that's oh, on the record. There we go. Yeah, yeah, that's what we needed to that's know. That's the headline. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have this thing called the quack question here. So people send in their questions. Uh, we, we put out a call for you and got quite a few different questions. Um, so Kevin wants to ask you a few here, but uh, we're going to take a short break, and then Kevin is going to come back with multiple quack questions here. Okay, cool. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are back. Kevin. That was a great ad. That was a great ad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin has multiple quack questions lined up. Kevin, what are the quack questions today? Okay, so uh, we've got a couple newcomers here. Uh, so I wanted to squeeze in three, hopefully. Um, the first one is from All That and a Bag of Flicks, who's at Bag of Flicks on Twitter. Interesting. Uh, the question is, uh, for that trash-talking scene you have with Russ Tyler, was that scripted or did you improvise your lines? Thanks. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think... 
what what did I say? I see it like bite me at the end, right? Yeah. yeah. He first was like, "Hey, like number twenty-three, whatever. You don't, you don't skate so good." And you like wink at him. Yeah. And then you're, or at first uh, you're like, "Hey, ref," and then <laughs> it made you pick another target. But then you say, "Bite me" at I'm the end. Kinda, I kind of remember, like, because the reason why that whole scene was written is because me, me and the writer would have like a little bit of fun, and then I don't know. Sometimes when we're making fun of each other, my my biggest go-to line was "Bite me." at that time so i think he just kind of took that and wrote into the scene so i think we i think i'm trying to think i think everything else in that scene was kind of like ad-libbed until that punchline at the end was biting so yeah i think it was a bit of an ad-lib i mean like i don't think i ventured too far but yeah i would say it was some ad-libbing all right. I guess a quick tack on to that. If you had to redo it, would you say something else besides bite me as a better insult? <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. You keep it pretty PG. <laughs> the bite me was a punchline, and I think maybe if I change that, the writer would be like, but I wrote that for you. <laughs> How's your trash talk game right now? Uh, I would say it's probably pretty bad. <laughs> this actually ties into the second quack question. Uh, so this one's from John Hodge, who's at Highway Hodge on Twitter. Um, how much do you still use the trash talking advice you received from Russ and D3? Do you regularly tell rivals in your workplace that they don't work real good? <laughs> um, if I, I don't, but uh, now that someone's brought it up, maybe I will... Uh, give it a try and see what happens that's what we like to hear yeah i guess uh whenever you're uh since you're in audio engineering do you like hear something and you're just like that sound quality fucking sucks do you just like immediately <laughs> let someone know about it like your your underlings um no generally you learn as an engineer audio engineer that you you don't talk about other people's work especially not to them like maybe Maybe we'll talk about some stuff like, yeah, it doesn't sound very good out there or it's too loud or it's, yeah, it's just not right. But, but yeah, other than that, you just kind of keep a tight lip, especially because I do a lot of house gigs and you're pretty much there just to help the touring techs and stuff like that. So you just, you just kind of say, hey, good job, man. <laughs> Probably a good policy. Yeah. Well, you, you're you free yeah. to talk shit about our podcast <laughs> sounding bad. So. Right. Any publicity is good publicity. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, so our, our final quack question, uh, comes from longtime quackalite. I believe this is longtime quackalite. Jared Beasley keeps changing his name. Uh, he's at J Beasley seven, seven, seven on Twitter. Now, um, his question is, uh, what would you like to see Ken Wu doing in D four or a TV series? Oh, hmm, I don't know. It'd be interesting. I mean, I guess it'd be interesting to see if there's like another figure skating duck coming up through the ranks. I guess a young figure skating duck, and Kenru would have to maybe either that teach him how to use his figure skating to his advantage, or you know, the other side of Kenru is teach maybe uh, a smaller up and coming young duck to be a another bash brother you know how to oh. pick up for themselves and fight a bit mm. i like that i thought you were gonna go with like the rivalry route but yeah <laughs> no i like that like a undersized duck and he, he ken Wu uses his experience to teach him the ways of yeah, ken Wu is the smallest duck as well yeah 
We'll pass that along. Yeah, that's perfect. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Um, real quick, now that we've brought up Ken Wu and his figure skating, do you think Ken Wu be- went back to figure skating after hockey, or was he just hockey all the way? <laughs> I would I would imagine it would be hockey all the way. Okay. I'm glad we got that clarification, too. I think people wondered that for, for many years, for two and a half decades <laughs> now. So appreciate you taking the time to talk with us and answer our stupid questions. Um, anywhere you want to direct people, you got anything to promote? Um, I don't think so. Not really. All right. I mean, well, I don't know. Like I, like I did have a band that I wrote music for when I was, I don't know, I think maybe I want to say 10 years ago. It's called the patience product. And it was like, it's a bunch of songs that I wrote about a breakup that I had with a, a girlfriend that I was going out with when I, that I met in Liverpool. And so it was kind of angsty, kind of folky, kind of emo I I don't know. Hmm. It's just, it's, it's not that great, basically, but it, it's out there. <laughs> uh, if someone visits Vancouver, where are they most likely to hear your expertise at work? Uh, at the, well, I, I mostly do monitors, which is the, on stage sound for the bands, but I'm at the Vogue Theater or the Imperial Imperial Theater. All right. There, there you go. go. Just a little tip for all you Vancouverites out there. All right. <laughs> for us, the quackadec.com. Go there, contact us at quackadecpod on Twitter, Facebook.com slash quackadecpod. Go to iTunes, give us five stars. Tell us if you think Kenny Wu made the right decision in sticking with hockey over figure skating. Um other than that, just share the pod with your friends. And remember, ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. Quack, quack. <laughs> the quack a dick is back, Jack. Oh, yeah.